The Ray Hanania Show is brought to you by the U.S. Arab Radio Network and sponsored by Arab News Newspaper, the Middle East's leading English-language publication with print and online editions in Saudi Arabia, Dubai, France, Japan, Pakistan, England, and the United States. Listen to live radio every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern in Detroit, Washington, D.C., New York, and Ontario, Canada. Or watch the live broadcast on Facebook.com forward slash Arab News. The Ray Hanania Show is rebroadcast in Chicago at 12 noon on Thursday. For more information on the radio stations, live Facebook broadcast, and podcasts, visit ArabNews.com. And now, here's your host, columnist and U.S. Special Correspondent for Arab News, Ray Hanania. And good afternoon, everybody. This is Ray Hanania here at WNZK AM 690 Radio Live in Detroit, WDMV Radio uh, AM 700 in Washington, D.C. And uh, we will rebroadcast this Thursday in Detroit again at 7 a.m., uh, on WNZK AM 690 and in Chicago at 12 noon on 1080 AM radio. You can also always go to facebook.com slash Arab news to watch the video uh, of the uh, program. And uh, we're uh, um, and then uh, give us your comments and tell us what you think. We're broadcasting live streaming live on Facebook. Also um, today, we're going to focus on an event that took the lives of 34 American soldiers and injured 173 American soldiers. It was the Israeli attack with jets and torpedo boats against the USS Liberty on June 8th, 1967. The veterans did not get any help from the government during the attack. The military has continued to minimize it. The Israelis have continued to excuse it. Um, it's really kind of disturbing. Uh, 55 years later, and as a uh, veteran of the Vietnam uh, era, I didn't go to Vietnam. I was ready, willing to go, but uh, they decided not to send me. They kept me on an F-111 base uh, in the stateside. Uh, but as a veteran who served this country, it's always been disturbing to me that veterans who were attacked never really got the respect, I think, didn't get the respect that they deserve. So we're going to talk about this topic with six survivors that we invited to join us on the radio show. Um, I know that we have Don Pageler on with us. We have Ron Kukul with us. We have Larry Bowen with us. Um, we have two others also. Um, make sure, tell us who you are because it doesn't say on your images. And I want to make sure that I get everybody uh, correctly identified. Uh, 818. Give us your name. Up on the top left there. Oh, Ron. Larry. You're yeah, on the Ron. right, Ron. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. It's my this only left. Yeah, no, no. I got you, Ron. I see you. I see Larry Bowman. I see uh, Don Pageler. We have one other person um, on there, and LeMay. I don't see. What is it? Oh, LeMay. Mickey LeMay. Mickey LeMay. Thank you, Mickey, for joining us. Um, just to get started, I, Listen, it's rare to get four survivors are going to tell us about an event that really had an impact uh, on our country. Thirty four Americans were killed. So let's just get right to it. Let's start with uh, I'll go through the names. Um, Mickey LeMay, let's start with you. Um, the attack itself. And what do you remember that happened that early morning on June 8th, 1967? Actually, in the morning, we were just uh, 
there were flyovers to, to identify us. The, the attack didn't happen until two o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, we had just finished a general quarters and that what general quarters is, is preparing for a battle. And that one I believe was for chemical attack. And as we finished that, I uh, left my duty station, which was the uh, generator room. I was electrician's mate, second class in charge of the electrical department. And I was heading up to the 04 level. Now the 04 level is part of the superstructure. It's a platform, the highest deck that you could go, go to and still walk around. And as I got up there, I looked to my right and a, uh, a fighter jet was flying the same way we were. And he wasn't too high. He was, matter of fact, I, if we, we could have waved at each other, he was that low. And the plane was unmarked, totally black, with no markings at, at all. And I turned to my left where there was a lieutenant, and his job was to report any plane sighted by the ship. So I told him, I said, sir, did you see that fighter? And he goes, no, where? And I walked over to him, and as I turned to point to the plane that I saw, another plane, and this was the first strafing, came from bow to stern, diagonally across us, and strafed us. I looked down and there was blood coming out of me everywhere. And I looked at him and he looked just like me. He had blood coming everywhere. I looked him in the eyes and I said, what the heck is going on here? And I says, I'm getting out of here. And I turned around and ran. I thought he was following me, but he, they, he didn't. They found his body up there at the end of the battle, uh, at the end of the attack. And uh, unfortunately, he did die. I hit the ladder, ran, like you see in the movies, just slid down, went to the old three level and inside the ship. I got inside and that's when my body realized that my left leg had been shattered and I couldn't stand anymore. The adrenaline, I guess, kept me running to, to get to safety. So for myself, what I did is I crawled on the deck, went through a hatch, went down another ladder head first on my, knee, my uh, stomach, came around the corner and I was in officer's country. And uh, caught, well, one of my shipmates says, hey, are you hurt? Are you hurt? And honestly, I mean, we even laughed at this. I looked up at him and I says, no, I like crawling on the deck. And we literally did laugh at each other. That's amazing. And my leg was bleeding quite badly, so he threw a tourniquet on We also and have uh, Phil Turner joining, joining us also. Um, okay, we're just good. going through each of the uh, people, the guests. Let's go to Donald Pageler. Tell us, you know, uh, about the attack and what you remember from what happened, Donald. Well, I um, I had, after the uh, general quarters drill, I had gone to the fantail to relax because I was off duty. I had just started getting into my sleeping compartment. Uh, two o'clock, I was having a ladder when I heard all the metal hitting topside. Fortunately for me, my general quarters station was on the mess deck on repair party three. So I just went down into my compartment and threw the hatch onto the mess deck. Uh, during the air attack, there was no need for a submergible pump. So somebody grabbed me and said, go to the bridge and bring down wounded. So during the air attack, that's what I mainly did, I think, is uh, is transport bridge area down to the mess deck. Um, torpedo, uh, they, somebody said, take the the submergible pump forward. So I 
got up there just in time when the officer was making the decision to close the hatch to make the ship watertight. Uh, and uh, then I returned to the mess deck. Um, I mainly helped with the wounded. I remember Doc Kiefer grabbed me and said, lay down here, and he stuck a needle in me and ran a tube to one of the guys that he was uh, operating on who didn't survive. And um, that's pretty much it. Uh, I will say that from a trauma standpoint, the uh, worst part for me was six days later cleaning up the 25 guys that had been blown apart by the torpedo. So that's that's terrible. Ron Kukul, uh, tell us uh, what you remember of the attack and uh, where you were and what you were doing. I was two decks down below the main deck uh, when the attack uh, started. Um, I think that uh, that was just after Chow that uh, we had our general quarters drill. And so most of the time, Ray, I was down below. And what these guys saw, I never saw that morning, but I certainly have no reason not to take their word for what they're, what they're telling me. But um, the main part of the attack for me was the going through the attack, being about 60 foot from the torpedo when it exploded, and then being the man in charge of the body recovery. That's really my, the just of what I did there. And I didn't see what these guys saw. And on top of that, Ray, I decided to come on here today. I'm not feeling well at all. And I just got through talking with one of my shipmates uh, who I won't, uh, the name won't be disclosed right here, but I just got off the phone with him. And the man is, is having a lot of anger problems. Wow. Uh, very upset. And so every one of us, Ray, every last one of us on here knows the attack's coming. They still know it to this day. I tried to talk to this man, and I think it finally calmed it down a little bit, letting him know that, uh, you know, this is just the body's reaction. For some reason, uh, my trauma doctor told me several years ago when uh, she found out I was in charge of the body recovery, and she said, Ron, there's no way that your mind, your brain will ever, ever remember this. And maybe not, I don't know, because it does, I know that I did it, but I, uh, my, my job after the attack was to pick up the body pieces, uh, be in yes. charge of it. So um, actually, Ray, I'm just on here just to see that you had enough people. Boy, Wait. do you have enough people. I'm very proud that there's so many survivors to tell this story, and I'm really honored that all of you could join the program. I know we only have an hour to do this, but um, I'm not going to let up on this. Uh, as I mentioned, I was a veteran. My dad was a veteran. My uncle was a veteran. My brother was a veteran. Um, we all served. And what you went through is just horrific. Uh, Larry Bowen, uh, also a survivor from the USS Liberty attack, uh, June 8, 1967. Larry, what do you remember um, of what happened during that uh, attack that afternoon? All right. Well, as everyone has said, it's uh, it happened in the afternoon about 2 p.m. And I was setting a manual Morse collection position down in radio research one uh that's right down where ron was at ron kukul um when they sounded general quarters i got detailed to my general quarter station which was one deck higher so i was only one level below the main deck um 
and I was uh, setting a position again, uh, copying Morse, uh, when the strafing occurred and the uh, torpedo hit. Now, I was probably 40 foot away from where the torpedo entered, um, and I was right next to the bulkhead that um, ended up being collapsed uh, destroyed down down below one one deck below us the uh, torpedo entered our comm center and water flooded the entire operations area down one one level below me um, after after we recovered from the torpedo attack we had we'd been uh, jettisoned up to the overhead and and came back to the deck um, Another shipmate, Clyde Way, and I managed to get ourselves out of that that room and and out to the main floor where we could help open up the scuttle to to let survivors out from from the flooded compartment. Well, it only took a matter of minutes to determine that the scuttle wasn't going to be, you know, useful because we had too many guys trying to come out. So we had to open up the the hatch. Um, and the hatch um, was opened up by, by Clyde, myself, Lieutenant J.G. Johnson, and Lieutenant Bennett. Um, and once, once we got the hatch open, I got detailed to the front, uh, front door of the operation spaces to hand out life jackets to survivors coming out from down below. Um, so... I, I, I did that and um, the uh, the uh, rest of the day I was doing triage with uh, with wounded um, I helped with uh, our PC clerk uh, John Spicer he had been hit by a, a rocket when he was out firefighting uh, they brought his body into uh, right next to the chief's mess. Um, and uh, Ernie Gallo and I worked with a corpsman there to try and keep uh, John alive, but his, his left whole left side had been ripped open. And uh, there was just no way. Uh, shortly after we had completed our, our triage there and, and giving mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation, I, um, I went outside to get some fresh air because I was I was winded, um, and that's when Jeff Carpenter an E6. Now I was an E5 at the time. Jeff Carpenter an E6 was coming back from the fantail, and he saw me and he says, "Bowen, go back to the fantail and be the phone talker." Um, Larry Weaver, our was that's his normal you know duty station during general quarters. He ended up. Uh, taking some serious uh, shrapnel hits. Um, and, and he was down on the mess decks being cared for by Dr. Kiefer. So uh, I went back to the fantail, observed the, uh, the torpedo boats on the horizon. Um, and then I also observed the uh, helicopter coming out with uh, the, uh, I guess they were uh, troopers or something that were going to uh, board the ship to, to finish us off um, and they uh, 
they came out. I radioed that to the to the bridge, and uh, and shortly after that, they they dropped a, a message, you know, in a in a bag in a uh, burlap bag, and uh, the message basically was saying, you know, do you have any casualties? Can we assist you to shore? Do you need radio assistance? Um, and uh, of course, the, the captain told him that. Uh, to, to get out of there, we didn't need any help. Uh, you, you couldn't have convinced any of us on the crew that we didn't need any help, but we certainly didn't need any help from from Israel when they were doing all this carnage. So that's terrible. Phil Torney is also with us. Phil, thank you. I I know we got a lot of uh, people, but I, again, I think it's so important to hear from each of you. And uh, well, just tell us about the attack. What you remember? Uh, you know, from what happened. Go ahead, Phil. Do we have... Uh... Hey, Phil, can you hear us? Nope, I think we lost Phil. Um, I'm not sure if his audio is working. Let's go back to uh, Donald Pagler, if you don't mind, Donald, for a second. Just tell us, did you, I mean, what's the general feeling from all of you? Um, Phil, can you hear us now or not yet? All right, we'll come back to him. Donald, what's the general feeling from everybody? And I'll go through each of you, uh, you know, in terms of, do you believe that you were in, uh, attacked? Um, that the argument was they didn't know you were an American ship, but I thought the Liberty was flying the American flag, weren't they? Yes, uh, we were flying our steaming colors, which uh, I think was a five by eight foot flag. Uh, and during the uh, attack, our signalman, that flag got so tattered that in the middle of the attack, our signalman ran up our holiday colors, which is a seven by 13 foot flag, which is a huge flag. That's big. Uh, through all that, yeah, through all that, they say they didn't see a flag. Uh, but, uh, you know, they were attacking a converted World War II victory class cargo ship, uh, which was only armed with 450 caliber machine guns. Uh, so uh, we were hardly a threat. Um, as I said in my angry letter to Congress in, in 1991, um, even a Cub Scout can tell you can't shell ashore 13 miles away with a 50 caliber machine guns. So um it, it 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 just defies uh all kinds of logic that it was a case of mistaken identity and, and phil i think we have you on now can you hear us uh okay phil torney <laughs> do you hear us phil yep well unfortunately we're not getting your uh comments there i'm sorry is he muted uh, no, he's uh, actually it's open. Um, so, let, Larry, let's go back to you and just what what's the general feeling of uh, uh, the survivors about what happened? I mean, do you um, feel that the government investigated it properly? Um, was it? Do you feel it was covered up? Do you think more you needs to be told? Generally, what's the issue, Larry, with the USS Liberty? Has the story been told properly? Uh, no, it hasn't. Um, there, there wasn't a full and impartial investigation by Congress, 
which which is my understanding, you know, uh, by law that they should have done that. Um, the Navy conducted a a quick uh, court of inquiry with um, I, th I think they interviewed something like 14 of our crew members, um, but any one of the crew members who who said anything disparagingly about Israel um, got excised out of the court of inquiry uh, document. So they redacted a lot of input. I know that uh, Lieutenant Painter was uh, actually observed them strafing our lifeboats, uh, which we had lowered over the side to help offload some of the more critically injured personnel. And um, they, they strafed them so that we couldn't couldn't do that. And Lloyd Painter said that during his uh, his testimony at the court of inquiry, and that got redacted out of the out of the inquiry. Um, immediately after uh, the attack, the uh, you know the crew all came together to to work and and you know, keep the ship afloat. Um, it was, uh, you know, every man working to help every everyone else. Um, and in our, in our opinion, the attack was absolutely intentional. Uh, they knew well in advance that, uh, that we were the USS Liberty. Um, they actually had us on their war board in, uh, in their war room uh earlier in the morning as uh, i think mickey said that they were over flying us in the morning and, and there must have been a, at least a half a dozen overflights before the attack um so the the crew will, will definitely say that it was uh, a deliberate attack they knew who we were we were flying the american flag and when one got blown apart as don said the uh the holiday colors were raised. So for Israel to try and claim that it, they didn't know, um, initially they came out with reports that they were being shelled from uh, an Egyptian ship, which was actually an old um, horse carrier. Uh, how they, you know, configured that the horse carrier to be bombarding them from from the sea was uh, beyond me but that was that was one of their initial you know oops we're sorry kind of thing um, and of course then they came out with the fact that they they didn't know we were you know an American ship um, but we actually had intercept from the pilots to the ground control um and and one of the pilots you know radioed back that it's it's an american ship <sighs> see the flag and the uh the flag you know the the person in ground control told them hit the target so even a even after they knew even after somebody said that the ship was flying an american flag yes wow yes yes absolutely Yes. You know, you know, if they had just struck, hit us with the planes, by the way, that were unmarked, we could not tell you who was attacking us. I thought it was Egypt. Never thought it to be Israel. 
But when you're circling the ship and shooting into the hull, and you got letters GTR5 on the bow, port and starboard, on the stern, port and starboard, and then Liberty, as you're circling this ship, you've got all the identity telling right. you it's a U.S. ship. And also on top of that, we it, there's only two ships in the world that look like us, the Liberty and the Belmont, our sister ship. Other than that, no other ship in the world looked like us. And Israel is too good of a military to know whether it's a U.S. ship or an Egyptian ship. Yeah, I mean, back in 1967, you'd think, okay, maybe there was an accidental shooting in the beginning. Um, and then uh, they caught up with it and stopped it. But how long did this go on for? Like Almost two hours. Two hours. Wow. Almost, yeah. And I, I, mean, I heard... Go ahead. No way in the world could they think it was anything but a U.S. ship. Uh, I can't tell you honestly that I remember looking up and seeing the flag that day. But our captain went by the book with everything he did. I mean, if we went outside without a hat on in the middle of the ocean, we'd be put on report. I mean, he was ridiculous on how structured he was. And the only reason we're alive today is... Every one of my shipmates. Now, I'm not one of them that saved the ship. I was hit on the first strafing, so I was out of it. But Larry not all, and Phil and all these guys went through the hell of it and kept that ship afloat. Only because they were trained by our captain to respond like they did. And, I mean, and you know, there's no way I, in the world that ship should have survived. I, I remember reading also that there they had dropped napalm. Um, I think that there was somebody described 850 cannon rocket holes, 5,000 armor-piercing bullets, strafing the lifeboats you know, that you're trying to get people off to to save them, uh, all during a two-hour period. And then suddenly the helicopter comes up after two hours and says, hey, are you guys okay? That's just unbelievable. Is it because it's so unbelievable that nobody wanted to believe it or or was it that it was so embarrassing for the government of Israel, so embarrassing for the U.S. government that nobody wanted this story to really get out the way it was? Because I remember they said, oh, this was an accident. It wasn't intentional. But two hours of an attack like that just doesn't seem like it could have been an accident. Larry, what do you think? No, I'm not. Go ahead, Larry. I just want to tell him, you know, don't forget the American Saratoga sent planes to our aid two times and Johnson wouldn't allow them come to our aid. He called them back and would not let them come to defend us. Well, go ahead, Larry. Well, I mean, it was definitely intentional. There's, um, you know, no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in anyone's mind. I think Phil's got, uh, you know, he had a bird's eye view of what was going on topside because he was on uh, one of the critical repair parties. And I, th I think you've got him on now. I, I can see him. Yes. So I th think maybe he's, he's going to be able to chime in and tell us his part of the story. Phil, can you hear us okay now? Yeah, I can hear oh, you. Oh, good. But Sorry I, about that. Can you hear me now? Yes, absolutely. Go ahead. Tell, tell us what you remember of the attack and then uh, – well, yeah. Okay. Thanks, Ray, for having us. For, first of all, listen, these guys have pretty much covered uh, what went on with the attack and everything. Uh, 
it, it, what I say really doesn't matter because it, they covered, but they, they, they did a hell of a good job of it, of it too. Uh, what I want to focus on, and first of all, I want to say this tragedy in, in Texas yesterday is, uh, it, it, it is so sad and so unbelievable our country's come to this. And uh, I don't blame the guns. I blame the people that did it. Just like the people that that murdered my shipmates aboard the USS Liberty in cold-blooded murder, just like they murdered those little kids in the schoolroom with uh, no thought, no care about who they're killing. All they wanted to do was kill. And the most important thing about this whole cover-up is the cover-up. It's worse than what they did to us, and it's been going on for 55 years. And these shipmates aren't here. We didn't collaborate in the dark to tell our story. We did it up front and honest. Don Pagler's been traveling around the world uh, doing his thing. Uh, uh, I was just with Larry Bowen uh, doing a show in uh, in San Diego, uh, Jocko Wilnick. I hope you watched that. Uh, you yes, know, I uh, did. Okay, what did you think of that? I Listen, I think it was, uh, I was shocked by everything I heard because uh, even though I've read uh, the book that Jim Ennis wrote, I've followed the USS Liberty uh, Veterans Organization for many years, um, it still never hit home. Um, the main, you know, you always focus on the political stuff. Why didn't they investigate it? You know, they didn't want to embarrass their ally. But then you realize 34 people lost their lives. A lot of you guys um, suffered, you know, injuries. Uh, several I, I know told me that they went through post-traumatic stress syndrome, um, that this really disrupted your lives. And it has to be worse that, they can't even address it in an accurate way that might have brought at least some satisfaction to you. They just made it worse on top of everything that you went through. We have to take a quick break. We only got one break, but when we come back, I, I want to talk more with our guests and I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to join me. Um, I, I really think this story needs to get out and I, I promise you, I'm going to do everything I can to help get the word out, especially this being the 55th anniversary, you have a uh, commemoration coming up in Arlington, Virginia, June 6th through the 8th, I believe, at the uh, Holiday Inn in uh, uh, Arlington, uh, Virginia. So uh, we're going to publicize that and get people to pay attention um, because this should never have happened. Um, I'm Ray Hanania. We're going to take a quick break here at the Ray Hanania Show on the U.S. Arab Radio Network, brought to you by Arab News. When we come back, we'll talk with our guests. We have uh, Mickey LeMay, Donald Pagler, Ron uh, Kukul, Larry Bowen, Phil Tornay. Um, we've had a little, few little technical issues, maybe because we've got so many people on, but I don't care. Your voices are very important. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back right after these messages. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. 
Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. In a perfect world, everyone would be a perfect driver. Hands at nine and three, everyone. Nine and three. Everyone would follow all the rules. Please, go ahead and merge. I'll make room. Thank you, fellow driver. And nothing unexpected would ever happen. Even the squirrels would know the right time to safely cross the road. In this perfect world, you wouldn't have to wear a seatbelt. But in case you hadn't noticed, we don't live in a perfect world. About a thousand people in Michigan die each year in vehicle crashes, and thousands more are injured. Wearing your seatbelt reduces your risk of death in a crash by 45% in a car and by 60% in a pickup truck. So until we find a perfect world to drive in, make our imperfect world safer by buckling up. A message from the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning. بعد تطعيم أكثر من ثلاثة بلايين شخص حول العالم بشكل كامل بلقاح كوفيد 19 تمت الآن الموافقة على تلقيح الأطفال من عمر 5 إلى 11 سنة فقد أثبتت الدراسات بعد تجارب سريرية مع أطفال حول العالم أن جرعتي اللقاح المخصصة لهم آمنة وفعالة يوصي الأطباء بتلقيح الأطفال من سن الخامسة فما فوق من أجل حماية الأصحاء منهم أو ذوي الظروف الصحية الصعبة الطفل جزء من المجتمع وهو معرض لأن يصاب بالفيروس ويمكن أن يحمله لعائلته ولمن حوله احمي طفلك وعائلتك ومجتمعك لقح طفلك ليكون بأمان في المدرسة أو مع العائلة والأصدقاء وأثناء ممارسة الرياضة تحدث لطبيبك واكتشف الحقائق بنفسك أو زر موقع michigan.gov/kids-covid-vaccine رسالة من وزارة الصحة والخدمات الإنسانية في ميشيغان. Imagine you're on a train track, somewhere miles away. A train is headed your way. You can't see it yet, but it's coming, slowly but surely. If you have prediabetes or you're at risk for type 2 diabetes, you may be on the wrong track, and diabetes could be heading your way. Bit by bit, the danger is getting closer and closer. So should you stay on the track you're on now or move to make a change and reduce your risk? If you have prediabetes or you're at risk for type 2 diabetes, you may qualify for the National Diabetes Prevention Program in your local community. This one-year program could be the ongoing support you need to put you on the right track. Not only did participants lose weight, they cut their risk of type 2 diabetes in half. Ready to get on board for a healthier future? Learn more about the National Diabetes Prevention Program and what else you can do to manage and prevent diabetes at michigan.gov slash diabetes. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Are your hands feeling numb? Do you feel pain opening up a jar, turning a key? Are you noticing that your elbow and your shoulder are becoming stiff? Or were you recently injured in your arm? Hello, I'm Dr. Albajit Katranji. And at the Katranji Hand Center, which just recently opened down the street from the Somerset Mall, we can provide you with the latest in hand, wrist, elbow, and shoulder care. Visit us at www.katranjihandcenter.com to learn the latest techniques that we have to offer you, and I look forward to taking care of you. Visit us in Troy at 1565 West Big Beaver Road, Building F, or call Katranji Hand Center for an appointment at 248-869-4263. That's 248-869-4263.
The Ray Hanania Show is brought to you by the U.S. Arab Radio Network and sponsored by Arab News Newspaper, the Middle East's leading English language publication with print and online editions in Saudi Arabia, Dubai, France, Japan, Pakistan, England, and the United States. Listen to live radio every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern in Detroit, Washington, D.C., New York, and Ontario, Canada. Or watch the live broadcast on Facebook.com forward slash Arab News. The Ray Hanania Show is rebroadcast in Chicago at 12 noon on Thursday. For more information on the radio stations, live Facebook broadcast, and podcasts, visit ArabNews.com. And now, here's your host, columnist and U.S. Special Correspondent for Arab News, Ray Hanania. Uh, we're talking with survivors of the USS Liberty uh, uh, communication ship that was attacked in, on June 8th, 1967 by the Israelis. Um, they've never really gotten a full investigation of this. Um, it seemed like the U.S. government didn't want to embarrass their ally at the time. There was a lot of politics taking a place, but that politics seemed to overshadow the real issue that 34 American soldiers, these are American soldiers. You know, I don't care where my parents are from. It's important to me, obviously, as a heritage, but I'm an American. I served in the military, and my priority was always to defend America and defend American soldiers. Um, 173 of those uh, soldiers on the ship were injured, including many of the survivors that are on the Zoom line with me and on radio with me here. Uh, we're broadcasting live at Arab uh, at Facebook.com slash Arab News if you want to watch this later on. Um, and I'll send the podcast uh, for everybody so they can see it, too. Uh, but let's just a little continue a little bit about I want to explore what needs to be done. Um, and I don't know, Phil, if you want to talk about what what really needs to be done. What What is it that you haven't gotten that the government of the United States owes you, not only as an American, but as a veteran, all of you? Uh, absolutely. They, uh, they owe uh, their survivors, their families, and most of all, America. Uh, America was betrayed uh, like none other. Uh, treason on the high seas by our own president, LBJ, and his flunkies, and the Congress of the United States, and every president since LBJ to Joe Biden hasn't brought this up because it's too hot of a potato. Now, uh, if our ship goes down, they're going to blame it on the Arab states, and they're going to be nuked. That's a fact. We know that. World War III starts. So this kind of stuff cannot happen. It must not happen. We are here to tell the truth, not be a bunch of haters, but truth seekers. And I'll tell you what, I get really pissed off when somebody puts a gun to my head and tries to pull the trigger. And the rest of these men can attest to the same thing because they went they went through it just like I did. It's a disgrace. We need accountability and transparency now that we haven't gotten for the last 55 years. It's disgusting, un-American, and ungodly, for God's sakes. 
And Mickey LeMay, what, what is it that you think are owed to you by the U.S. government? Well, I, to me, I would just want the truth to come out that it was a deliberate attack. They did murder 34 of our shipmates and did seriously wound a whole bunch of us. Uh, I, unfortunately, was one of the most critical physically injured. I still carry 52 pieces of shrapnel inside me. So, uh, but I just don't know what to, uh, it's too big of a thing to come out, unfortunately. I mean, when you have the president of the United States ordering the gen- the admiral to call the planes back and not allow them to come in to our aid, if the planes on the first group had come out, we'd have lost seven men. Uh, a lot of us, me included, would have already been seriously injured. But that's all we would have lost. But him calling the planes back allowed for another 25 great Americans to die. So, so there, was, there was no effort to stop it on the part of the U.S. They could no. have, right? So they Correct. knew that they had to know the Israelis were attacking you. Well, we've been told, or I've been told, that President Johnson did tell the admiral Get those planes back on the deck. We will not embarrass our allies. Wow. Now, that's what we've been told. I don't wow. believe it to be scuttlebutt. I believe it to be the truth. So he knows Egypt's, I mean, Israel's attacking us. We think it's Egypt until the torpedo boats come. And some of my shipmates told me when they saw the torpedo boats and saw the flag of David coming, they felt relieved until they shot five torpedoes at us. Don Pageler, what uh, what do you want? What what needs to be done? Well, the the trouble is, is even the ignorance of our own Congress. Uh, I mentioned uh, the angry letter I wrote in 1991 to every California and Kansas congressman and senator because I grew up in Kansas, and they all passed the buck back here to the local congressman in Orange County, uh, Rohrbacher. And he asked me to come in and talk to him, and he sat across his desk at me and looked at me and said, um, I've read everything you've written, all the material you've sent me. There's no way I believe this was a mistake on the part of the Israelis. But he said, I got to tell you, Congress won't touch us till after there's peace in the Middle East. Oh, my God. So then in 2018, uh, about eight of us here in Orange County met with our lo- what is now our local Congressman Lowenthal, and uh, it was actually about Betty McCollum's bill about the uh, Palestinian children. And um, they gave me five minutes at the end, and I gave uh, Lowenthal Ennis's book, Assault on the Liberty, six DVDs, and what I use as a handout. And he looked at me and said, I've never heard of the USS Liberty. That's a shame. Which, which just goes to, and I was, I was interviewed on a radio show in 2017. And the lady said uh, that in 2012, our, uh, the Israeli ambassador visited Annapolis, a naval academy, and the midshipmen were forbidden to ask questions about the liberty. That, that's amazing. Larry, what about you? What, what do you think uh, the U.S. owes, uh, not, not just America in terms of an explanation, but the survivors, you, and the families of the 34, you know, four uh, Americans, you know, who were killed. I, I think Phil mentioned what we're all seeking from our government, and that's the truth. 
they've been covering it up for the past 55 years and there's been evidence come out you know over the years to prove that it was in no way a mistaken identity um and so for me i would like to see a full congressional investigation calling on us liberty veterans to to provide testimony so that they can get the truth you know it's one thing that hasn't come out from any one of us yet was the fact that um, after Six Fleet came to to our aid the following day, um, we had an admiral come on board, Admiral Kidd, and uh, tell us that we were never to talk about it to anyone. Uh, and, and he threatened us with uh, fines and imprisonment or worse if, uh, if we did. Uh, and it was, you know, that was the story all, all the way along. Even when I came off the ship after the bother recovery efforts, I, um, I was flown back to, uh, Norfolk, Virginia for my next assignment. And I had a Lieutenant commander there tell me the same thing that, you know, we were not to talk to, the news press were not talked to our families, uh, friends, relatives, uh, weren't to say anything at all about, you know, the incident or, uh, or would be fined or in prison. Um, and that's never set well with me. I, I don't know how they can resolve that. Um, over the years, people like Phil have written books and, uh, and Jim Ennis, of course, and, and others that uh, are trying to get the truth out and trying to get the story to the American public, but um, it's it's still falling on deaf ears. When, and uh, I saw that there was also uh, a call for, I know that you want a hearing, but there was even a call for a war crimes investigation, wasn't there? There was, and that was back in early 2000, where we, uh, we issued a report to the U.S. Army um, asking for, you know, a war crimes investigation. And um, the word that we got back from the, uh, the Army was that there had already been an investigation by the U.S. Navy and there was nothing more that they were going to do. Um, and that's the only investigation that was done was the Navy's court of inquiry and the primary thing that they were concerned with was the communications and lack lack of our getting the the message that was going to position us over 100 nautical miles off the coast um and everything that i've seen that's that's the only thing that uh that they keyed on that and making sure that there was nothing uh derogatory towards israel and in, in any of the findings, you know, in any other thing, and I'm sure that you've all been attacked personally. Um, and I, I can't imagine how wanting a full investigation of what happened to American veterans turns into something that's, you know, they call it anti-Israeli or anti-Semitic or, you know, that for some reason you don't like uh, Israel. I don't I don't sense that in everything that I've read from all of you and from the USS Liberty Veterans Organization. The sense I got was we just want the truth to come out. People should know. 
And now it's been 55 years. Um, they should just come out fully. We, we only, we have about 12 minutes left. I, I just want to ask all of you if, if there's something that you want to say that maybe I didn't touch about that you think is important that the public should know about, you know, what's the most important thing you think that the public needs, the American public needs to know about what happened to the USS Liberty? How would you, uh, you know, describe it? I'll make this brief and I'll let my other shipmates go on. But I first want to say uh, I'm so proud of all of you being on it. Just very, very important show for the truth and our reunion coming up. But uh, the, the most important thing to me is our future with our kids and grandkids and everybody else. Uh, what's going to happen uh, again? How many other false flags? How many other uh, innocent Americans have been slaughtered or tortured or never thought about again? because of the USS Liberty cover-up or before? I mean, is this government built on cover-ups or is it built on the, the Constitution? And uh, they're not following the Constitution. They're not protecting their American servicemen. That means they're not protecting America, and you can see it going on right now. And we deserve the truth. We're here to tell the truth to help save America. They need to know the truth. God bless you all. Uh, Larry, Donald... Uh... Mickey, go ahead, any of you. All, all I can say is what Phil just said, is to let the, the country know that something is vicious and oh, just as bad as this situation was, you know, like, like they said, you know, we didn't get any help from the United States until about 9, 10 o'clock the next morning. The Russians came alongside and offered us help during wow. the night. Wow. But nothing from the United States. They wanted us to sink. The American, so, the politicians wanted the liberty sunk because they didn't even send help for the doctor. So you get attacked at two o'clock, maybe let's say about four o'clock, it's over. Right. And you're sitting there from four o'clock until the next morning with no assistance? Nothing, except for the Russians coming alongside. And then wow. the, my shipmates told me that they offered... Of course, the captain refused their help, but they offered to stand by that if we sunk, they were going to pull the survivors out of the water. Was there a fear that the ship was going to sink? Oh, I don't think there was yeah. any doubt that everybody on yeah. the ship was afraid it was going to sink. Wow. I mean, Phil and them were part of securing that area, and I'm sure he was one of the strong ones saying, "This no way this ship's going to survive this. I was unconscious a whole lot, so I can't relate to what they went through. Oh, and by the way, when I was in Germany in October, they brought me into a ward with about 15 Vietnam veterans that were injured. And within three minutes, they put me on a gurney, brought me to the private room. And then some officer did come in and told me, my name is Smith. And it ordered me that if anybody asked you about the Liberty, you know nothing. Wow. That's in October. That, that's amazing. They just wanted to silence all of you. Um, Donald Pageler, what, what, what's the most important thing you want the public to know about this? Well, that I, I guess two things is one, along with what Mickey was just saying, one of my shipmates that lives in Lawrence, Kansas, um, said that, um, uh, he was in the forward port gun mount 
and he was injured really badly. He ended up in Alboa Hospital in San Diego. He was in a private room for six months, and um, an admiral and a captain came in and told him that the um, that they would allow the press to interview him. But here's a list of the questions the press can ask, and here's a list of the answers that you can give them. And he said, I told them, I can't say this. This isn't what really happened. And then the other thing is, is that the Navy, the Navy, Navy did try to send us help. Uh, Captain Tully, who was captain of the Saratoga, said that he had 16 planes, four tankers, 12 fighter bombers in the air to come to our aid within 15 minutes of getting our distress call. But before they were out of sight, they were recalled. And my wife and I used to go up and take him and Ruth out to dinner once a year. They had retired in Carmel. And poor Joe would sit in his living room and look at me and say, with a confused look, and say, I never could understand why my planes were recalled. So, wow, wow. that's terrible. This is a this is a horrible story, Larry uh, Bowen. What's the one thing you think the public needs to know about this? And just from all of you, I want to thank all of you for sharing this. This has to be traumatic just to go 55 years of not getting satisfaction when 34 Americans are killed and you and uh, among 173 others were injured. Uh, What's the most important message, Larry? I think it's important for our American public to realize that Israel has, has a hold on, on our government. There's, there's something that Israel is aware of that, uh, you know, makes it, you know, impossible for our congressmen to, uh, to speak out against them. Uh, we've tried over the past 55 years to go in and talk to various senators and congressmen um, about getting an investigation. Uh, and each, each time, uh, if, if they're being honest, they'll tell you that they, uh, the IPAC just gets uh, gets more play than, than the USS Liberty will ever get um, because they, they fund a lot of the congressmen and senators. So they're not going to bite the hand that feeds them. And, uh, you know, we, we as, a, as a country can't allow, you know, a country like Israel to dictate what, what we can and can't do. I mean, they, when, the, when the president should have been given our skipper the Congressional Medal of Honor at the White House, he had to get permission first from Israel if, if they could, you know, give him the, the, the medal. But it was done at the Navy Yard. It wasn't done at the White House. So, again, they were trying to downplay, uh, keep the publicity, you know, as, as minimal as possible. And, uh, you know, if you talk negatively about Israel, you're, you're called, you know, an anti-Semitic. Uh, and that's, that's just unfortunate. That's why we as an organization have had so much trouble getting, getting in to talk to congressmen and senators. That's, that's really shocking to me because we're American. You know, and as having served, I I just can't believe that uh, um, that American servicemen who you 
put your life on the line for the country. And when something happened that they were afraid would embarrass an ally at the time, um, they threw you guys under the bus. Well, hey, Ray, uh, it's, it's, it's worse than that. They didn't just throw us under the back uh, or throw us under the bus. Uh, Israel and our own government put a knife right in our spine. And to all Americans, just not us, but all Americans, they put a knife in all of y'all's spine for what they got by with. They, they care less about what happened to USS Liberty, and we're not going to stop. We're still living. Look at these guys out here. We're old men. Well, these guys are. But uh, <laughs> uh, we're not giving up. You know, we're well, here for a reason. Our dead shipmates didn't have a chance to talk, but we're, we're talking for them. And, and we'll and, never forget them. And they had families. They had kids. Um, sure. They're uh, relatives now that it's not just the four of you that are on with me now or uh, the ones that were on with us earlier. Um, but they, everybody deserves an answer. I think we're, we're down to the last uh, couple minutes. And I just want to remind everybody listening that we're on the line with, uh, uh, survivors of the USS Liberty that was attacked by Israel on June 8th, 1967. Um, Don Pageler, Mickey LeMay, Ron Kukul was on, he had to leave. He had an appointment he had to take care of Phil Turney. Um, and Larry Bowen. We also invited Joe Meadors. I'm not sure if there was a uh, uh, particular uh, issue why he couldn't get on, and I'm really sorry that didn't happen. Was that a souvenir, Phil? From that the, is a souvenir. That's that, um, that's uh, 850 of these. This is one of the smaller ones. Wow, wow. That's Imagine amazing. that. What they did to us. <laughs> this is the USS Liberty. This is America that got shot at. Not just that, it's us. Almost, I would compare the Liberty to the USS Arizona. And uh, as much as we uh, think of the and honor the Arizona, I think we should honor the Liberty too. And uh, our Thank final you, minute, I just want to say you guys have a, a commemoration coming up June 6th through June 8th, I believe, uh, this year in Arlington, uh, Virginia. They can, uh, listeners out there can get information at the USS libertyveterans.org website correct yes all right if you want to donate please donate there too we need your help financially to keep this going ussliberty.veterans.org is that right larry yes that's correct all right i'm ray anania i want to thank all our guests on page where mickey lemay ron kukul phil torney larry bowen and even joe meador's who I wasn't able to get on, maybe because of a technical problem. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, survivors of the USS Liberty uh, attacked June 8th, 1967 by Israel. The story has not come out fully, and it needs to be done. I'm Ray Hanania. We will talk to you again next week here at the Ray Hanania Radio Show on the U.S. Arab Radio Network, sponsored by Arab News. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for joining us. Bye-bye. Thank, Bye -bye. You. Thank, Thank you for having us on.